Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other ags, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Well, we got another story for you, Ags. If you haven't figured it out, we're starting off season six with four in-person episodes of 2022 Aggie 100 winners. Today's episode three, and we're talking with Kyle McCall, Fighting Texas Ag Class of 2000 and owner of McCall Property Management, a company that has won two Aggie 100 awards this year and previously in 2018. Kyle shares with us the secret to his success, as well as his thoughts on why his company is stronger this year as opposed to when it was in 2018. So pass it back and listen up to Kyle as he shares some really good bull. Well, welcome back, Ags, to another episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We are so excited to have Kyle with us today. Thank you for joining us. Congratulations on your second Aggie 100 win. So excited to party with you and to celebrate you and your team. I really appreciate you making the drive down today. If I can come up with another excuse to come to Aggie land, I'll take it. (laughs) Well, we definitely appreciate you coming down and we're, so I'm class of 01 as well. Uh, You took the victory lap to get into the best class year ever. Right. (laughs) But what do you, what do you miss about no longer being a student at A&M Kyle? So I asked my wife this too the other day. I'm like, there's just too much. I mean, I felt like I I did it right. I did everything, but I'm going to have to say game day weekends, like on a Friday, Saturday in the fall, when all that hype was going on with the football games in the late nineties, we were pretty good. And we had some good games and that whole excitement, you know, the core march in, you're camping out for tickets, whatever, like all of that game environment. I've missed that a lot, but I'd have to be lying if I excluded that I worked in a shorty house in college. So I had the best gig you could imagine. So I'm like, why would I graduate college? Like I work in a sorority house. That's the dream job. And so that's where I found my wife too. So (laughs) that's awesome. That's that's definitely a unique. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good reason to be a student. I know. And you asked me why I took my victory lap. That's right. Most people just say football or, you know, time. Time is a a constant one too. Well, tell us a little bit about Macaw Property Management and and how did you start it? How did it evolve? What's your entrepreneurial journey? My entrepreneurial journey really is I have a big passion for real estate and what it can do for people when it comes to wealth and income and retirement planning. And there's really a lack of knowledge out there in the industry. And so I was buying rental properties. Like that was my passion. I love what they can do for me personally, my family. Nobody was managing them very well. And I had some properties that were in professional management and they were, they were wrecking me over the coals. I mean, they were not looking at my best interest. They were looking at their best interest. So I started managing them for other people. And I'm like, Hey, I don't look at my clients as ATMs. Like how can I most efficiently manage their property and be the best I can for them? Cause I figure if I do them right and I help them be very successful in their real estate investing, then they'll go buy more houses. Right. And so that's what's happened is they go buy more houses and they bring them to me and their friends bring houses to me. And that's been my entrepreneurial journey. It's just kind of been an organic thing. I owned rental properties. I managed them. I was really good at it. People knew that and they brought them over to me. What I love about getting into the industry and how you've approached it. I mean, even just kind of talking with you, mm-hmm. you're big on education. You're right. big on saying, how can, how can we have honest discussions of what this property can do for you and the best way to achieve your goals? Right. Like you said, not necessarily looking at it as an ATM. So, so do you focus on residential, multifamily, commercial? What, what is your passion? What's your love? Sure. So my, my passion has always been single family homes and there's a lot of 
reasons why. I think that they are, it's more accessible to the average person to buy a rental house instead of putting, you know, your money into an apartment complex or what have you. Uh, but I love single family homes because for one, my tenants don't move out every couple of years like an apartment complex. They, I want my tenants to be happy, uh, treat them well. I want, want them in there a long time. So as far as that goes, like single family homes. Now we do everything else. We have apartment complexes. We have mobile home parks. We've got everything, but single family homes is our passion. That's what we're good at. People move into our home. They put their Christmas tree in the attic. Their kids playing football with the kid down the street. Their daughter's on the cheerleader team with the girl across the street. And those moms and dads, they aren't moving because they're, they're, they're grounded. They got the roots deep. And you don't see that in an apartment complex community. I love it. So let's dig into a little bit on the Aggie 100. Since you are now a two-time winner, right? What does it take for a company to become an Aggie 100 winner? How did how did you kind of get there? It was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. so, Hard uh, work. So yeah. um, my goal when I graduated A&M wasn't to be this big company. And when I started my business, it wasn't to be an Aggie 100 business. It was to pay my bills because I needed medical insurance, mortgage, kids, they eat, they're expensive. You know, all those bills need to get paid. So it wasn't like I was out there like, hey, trying to grow a business. It was trying to get my bills paid. And then I got my bills paid. I'm like, hey, let's, you know, let's structure this in a way that has a good foundation that we can structure this for growth. And then so I started hiring people and you ask how to get to that 100 is like, you just don't let up on the throttle, but it can be very dangerous. I'll tell you right now, it can be very dangerous if you chase goals that are specific to, I want to grow X amount of dollars or I want to grow X percent. That's very dangerous as a business owner. And I can tell you that the first time I won the Aggie 100, we did great. I mean, on paper, it was like, this is wonderful. But I focused too much on growing instead of growing smart sometimes. And so I think now I look at my business a little different and like, hey, where's the long-term growth here? And what's my core competencies and focusing on those? So I don't know if that answered your question. Kind of. So what kind of growth are we talking about? Are we are we talking like, you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling? Oh, sure. I don't know what it takes to, to get in the top 100. <laughs> I think we're in the 40% growth okay. annualized okay. when we won it the first time. But, but you feel that this growth is a different healthier. type of growth? It is healthier. It's, it's much healthier. So? I spent more time on making this a multi-generational business, something that my kids can step into. Earlier on, it was it was Kyle and a few people that worked with Kyle. Now it's Kyle can step away and let the business grow on its own. Like I, I go on vacations, come back and it's bigger. So I think that's a difference now. That's, awesome. that, that's, that's how you define success. So, <laughs> so what are you doing? Go on vacation. <laughs> so And, and, and there, there's some stories into that. So my first few years, you know, when I left corporate world and I went all in and I starved, I mean, I'm, I mean, we didn't literally starve, but it, it was thin and we didn't have vacation time. Like I worked seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It was, if anybody might be a client, I had to talk to them because I needed the dollar bills. But then once you start creating that team, everything changes and you're able to step away. If you put, the, if you set that foundation right, that's the most important part in a company, in my opinion, because so many people get out there and they're like, Hey, I'm going to trim le- limbs for a living. Well, that's great. But if you don't trim the limbs next week, who's going to do it? And so, and how do you set up a process that you have somebody go out and trim those limbs when you have three more clients coming in the, in the door? So I've focused a whole lot on how do I structure this company to where we have a foundation and a business structure that survives when employee number one leaves or employee number three leaves. So it's not just you, it's, oh, it's, it's absolutely not me. If, if I said I did anything, I'd be lying to you as far as the nuts and bolts. Like I've moved into more of a planner type role, strategic type role, and not in the doer role. So I hired the best people I can find. I put them in the role that fits their 
personality and then let them run. And for the most part, that's worked out pretty well. I don't know how else to explain it. I've been blessed. I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm more of a steward of my business and not a business owner, if that makes sense. So I don't so, know about that. So part of that smart growth, the, the, the switch there from, you know, 2018 to 2022 growth, right? What did you, what were the, besides it sounds like getting the right people in the right seat, mm-hmm. right? For that. But is, is that the only thing that you did to make it smarter growth? Man, you're, you're, these questions are a lot harder <laughs> than what, what I was anticipating. <laughs> so is that the only thing? Um, I really looked at my PL more. I'm like, hey, where's my money coming from? And where's my money going? And then the ones that had the best returns, I, I, I focused more on Made those. a conscious effort. And, and there's some, so there's plenty of books out there to read. And I've read a lot. You know, there's the pumpkin plan and you can, you can take out the, you know, the, the things that aren't as productive and focus on the ones that are. And that's what we've done. So there's, I have a lot of competition out there, but it's people that don't run their business like me. Cause I just focus on the business. That's good that we're great at and we double down on it. So that's, I, I don't get distracted by the things I did previously. So for example, we really did a lot of rehabbing for other people in another division at, the, at that time. We buying a distressed property, fixing it up. And you know, that's just a, it's a different animal. I still do it for certain people, but that's not our core business. So I don't, I don't really focus on that. I focus on how do I build wealth and income for my clients and property managers is the way we do it. So you, you talked a lot about building that team out mm-hmm. and you've got a pretty cool story about being an, a former student of A&M mm-hmm. and, and using the Aggie network, using this university that we all love to build that team out. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So when I, I we mentioned this earlier, I, I graduated A&M and, you know, I went to the career fair like all the other students did wearing a suit, asking for people to hire me. And then when I was in Reed Arena looking for somebody to hire me, I never in my mad, never in my mind would I've expected to be on the other side of that table hiring people. It just wasn't even my, it was outside of my big hairy goal. Like that would have been way out there. So last year, you know, they AM started the Aggie 100 career fair. So these were for companies that had previously, previously won the Aggie mm-hmm. 100. Yeah. And we have our own career fair. Very interesting. And it was, um, it was a great opportunity to see what AM is putting out right now. I'm telling you, every employer needs to become an AM. I'm telling you that right now. But uh, I got to have a booth and I got to interview AM students. And I never would have expected them to want to come to a small corporation like me or a big uh, from I'm not General Motors, I'm not General Electric, whatever, but coming to work with me. And, you know, we, we hired an intern last summer and I put him through the ringer. It was not what he expected. I, you think of property management, he got all the ugly jobs in property management. Like he didn't have to go out to the houses and, and clean toilets, but he had to organize a lot of things he wasn't planning on doing. And we learned so much from him and he was a blessing to us. And when the summer ended, he said he was graduating in December and he wanted to come to work for me when he graduated. And I'm like, man, you're a smart guy. You, are, you, are you sure this is what you want? And he, he's like, I don't want to go work for a corporation. I see what you've done. I see where you're going. I want to be part of it. And he's coming on in February. So I yeah, think this, awesome. this will, will he'll have already started by the time this so gets cool. out there to the interwebs. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. I think it's, I'm very excited yeah, about that. That's pretty cool. So let's talk a little bit about your core values, right? Um, sounds like you've, you've really dialed in a lot of things in, in your company. And mm-hmm. one of the things that we have learned from a lot of our own journey here with Aggie Growth Hacks is very successful companies have core values, right? So can you tell us what your core values are? Tell you, as core values is I want, for one, everybody to know that we are professional and that we care about them, whether it be a client of ours, a tenant or a vendor of ours, we're professional and that we care. And I want them to know that. I also want people to know that this is, I'm a steward of the business. Mm -hmm. I'm not the owner of the business. I am on, as far as the state of Texas is concerned, I own the LLC, but I'm a steward and I've been blessed 
and my team's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's weird how you water up and you think about the people you work with. But it, it, that's so key in building a team mm-hmm. is that it is not a dictatorship. Sure. I mean, you you were the one man band. I was, yeah. But but now you realize that I can't do it without the, these people around it. Oh yeah, they're they're family, absolutely. So and, and so when you let's talk about stewardship a little bit. I mean, because knowing you in the short time that we have, you, stewardship is not just stewardship for the assets mm-hmm. that you manage or the relationships that you have with your clients. But can you talk about stewardship with your employees sure. and, and how you've poured into them? Sure. So everybody wants to be a boss. Everybody wants to make the decisions, but there are decisions that impact people's lives. And you got to take that into consideration. And you want everybody to be better in the future because they've known you. So in that regard, you you want to treat everybody as best as you can, have them part of your team, bring them on. If they, if they, if somebody comes to my company and works for me and they leave for something better, I'm their number one cheerleader. If they want an opportunity to learn something, bring it. I'll, I'll do everything I can for them. My job is to help them be better too. And whatever that, whatever that is, let's, let's do it. Love it. The other thing that we have noticed with, with most bigger companies and fast growing companies, and especially all these Aggie 100 winners is that you've got a big, hairy, audacious goal, your BHAG. Mm-hmm. What, what is your BHAG? I think B, big, hairy, audacious goals change where you are in life. Yeah. So it used to be, hey, pay my bills because that seemed like a big, hairy. And then it then it became not. And then it's like, hey, I want to get to manage X number of houses. Maybe it's a thousand houses. Maybe it's make $3 million in a year as far as the business goes. And, you know, that sounded at the time like a big, hairy. And, you know, those have been accomplished. And that's that's awesome. But um, growing your business is is not, it doesn't seem like a big, hairy goal to me anymore. It used to be like, I want to be this big. I want to do this. But it, it's it's not, I don't want to say it's not hard. It's just, it's become easier because of the people I've hired. I have amazing teams. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be really strategic on what we chase and the foundation we set. So my big, hairy goal used to be, hey, I want to be in these four markets and I want to be, I want to dominate them. I want anybody that owns rental property to know about me and my company. And now I think it's a little bit more of how much can we do for other people? How, how much of a blessing we can be to anybody that comes in to in, in, in visits our business or is a client or anybody. We want to be a blessing to everybody. And my big hairy goal is, now I haven't voiced this to a lot of people, but I want to own a nonprofit that blesses people. Man, yeah. I get emotional. Sorry. <laughs> this is good. This is good stuff. No, sorry. Sorry. I, I'm not supposed to. I'm supposed to. <laughs> macho guys. Macho guy. <laughs> there are so many people out there that don't have what we have. You know, there's the, the kids that they don't get to go to space camp, but they could be our next astronaut. Man, what are you, y'all aren't supposed to do this. It's supposed to be all business. <laughs> I was with some guys yesterday that are on the school board and they're kids that can't pay for their AP course uh, test. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we should be paying for that. So let's let's figure out a way to give the kids opportunities. To, to, to pour into yeah. those who, you know, we're, we're all blessed. I mean, everybody in this room is, is so blessed, not only to be here, to, but to have the jobs that we do yeah. and the things that we have, yeah. but to be able to say, how can, how can we steward what we've been blessed with mm-hmm. to help those that haven't? And as a landlord, you see it. I mean, you really see these homes that either parents are both working, struggling, making no money, or there's the, the homes that kids are raising themselves. They don't have a daddy. They don't have a mommy, whatever. They don't have direction. They don't have guidance. So I think there's opportunities for us to help more. Oh, Kyle, that's, that's amazing to be able to use the platform that God's given you to be able to steward better and to speak out. And then have future. an impact. Yeah. I think. Real yeah. impact. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's, it's not hard. It's not hard to make a big impact on somebody. I had an employee once. I'm not going to say he was the greatest
greatest employee. I'm not going to say he was, he was a lazy guy. I'm, I'm just, it, he was, sorry. But, uh, and I had to let him go. But um, he, he, he made a decision when he was younger that he was going to get into a gang, Latin Kings, if it matters. And one of the things that they do is they tattoo Latin Kings on their fingers. That guy came to you and wanted to go work for you. That'd be tough. Right. That'd be tough. Yeah. So one of the things that we did is like, hey, you know, when I'm interviewing, I'm like, I'm looking at your hands. What's going on here? And he's like, man, I was, I was stupid when I was young and this isn't my life. But when I was 15, you know, that's, this is the guys uh, that were my daddy or whatever. And so he was in the gang. He's like, I didn't do anything bad. I blah, blah. Like, I'm a good kid. I know that. Or he wasn't a kid. He was, he was, he was probably in his thirties by then. Maybe. Yeah. Probably in his thirties. And so, you know, kept him on for a few months to make sure that he was going to stick. And I'm like, Hey, let's schedule you. If you, if you, you really don't want those, let's get you scheduled. Let's get the tattoo removal. Let's do the, the laser removal. It, it was expensive. And so I paid him while he was getting him lasered and, you know, I had to let him go because he was lazy. <laughs> But I do know that I changed his life just by doing something so simple because every once in a while he'll text me on Facebook. It's like, hey, Mr. Kyle, thank you so much or whatever. Like little things make big impacts on people. So, so how do we find little things yeah, today? Yeah, little yeah. things. Right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's pause here okay. for a message from this episode's sponsor and then we'll roll right into the lightning round. And we're back. Okay. Okay, Cal. Lighting round. One rule. Super simple. Each question, minute or less. Okay. That's tough. I'm I'm long winded guy. <laughs> winded guy. Well, what is your favorite hack that you've learned? What can we learn from you? We kind of talked about this in the past, but it was a deal where you have to think about where is the information coming from before you take action. And so I think one of the things that's been a, a, a big impact for me is like I got to pay attention to people that have done what I want to do or have been where I want to be. And the hack is think about where your, your information is coming from. Cause I see so many people make big life decisions on things that are inaccurate. And so you really need to pay attention to where that comes from. So the hack is, you know, listen to the people that are where you want to be. Like if I wanted to build a, a rocket to Mars, you know who I'm talking to, right? I, he won't listen to me, but I can tweet <laughs> him now. Yeah. But, um, but you know, you, you listen to the people that are, that are walking the walk that you want to do. Cause when I'm buying real houses, when I first started, people thought I was crazy, but you know, the people that thought I was crazy, the people that didn't own real houses, the people that own real houses are like, you're smart. I wish I did that early. I love that, Kyle. All right. So next question. All right. What is the favorite bit of advice that you've ever been given? You don't get, or you don't know the answer until you ask, or you, you know, ask people and, and you know, that, that's, that's the thing is like, if you, you never get anything unless you ask for it. So there's so many people out there like, well, I could never buy a house. Like I'll tell you for one example, I went and bought a mobile home park and this was, and it was being marketed as a, Hey, you got to put 20% down on this or no, it's 50% down. It was a big, big number. And you have to use this finance and this is the terms like, here you go. Wow. I know. So I went out and visited the mobile home park just on a whim. I'm like, I'm, the numbers don't work for me, but I want to know this mobile home park. So I went out there and I happened to run into the owner and the owner's like, Hey, do you want to owner finance this? I'm like, is that an option? Cause I was told it wasn't it's like, no, I'd actually prefer that because it helps me on my retirement planning. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, where do I sign? So I bought a mobile home park just by asking and not just taking what was told to me or, you know, keep digging. Don't take the first answer. Kyle, what's your superpower? That That's a tough one because you don't really look at yourself in that regard. So I asked one of the guys I work with and, and he said, Kyle, your brain never stops. It's like always on. And it's always like, how do you improve this? Or how do I monetize this? Or how can I make this more efficient? So superpower would be, I don't stop. I know it's a it's a good thing and a bad because it's like I'm OCD on business. And that's not always fun and games for everybody around me. It is for me, but that's my superpower. <laughs> that's awesome. Business OCD. Yeah, right. it's OCD. Yeah. All right. So Kyle, tell us what gets you out of bed and excited about 
about your business? Man, you know, I don't go to work. I I go to play. I love it. It's real estate is so, such a passion of mine and it's because I've been able to see what it, how much of an impact it can make on people when it comes to long-term wealth and income creation. And it is fun. It's fun being able to see how watching somebody own a rental property affects the next generation or affects them. I, I can give you so many examples. I had a gentleman once, I know this is supposed to be short. I apologize. I met him. I was trying to buy some houses off of him. He had five houses that he was like, Hey, I'm getting older. I'm kind of thinking about cashing out and doing something else. And while I left the, the first house we went to, he's like, man, my stomach's hurting. Can we just pause this? And you know, we'll, we'll touch base later. I'm like, okay. Next day he calls. He knows I manage rental properties. He called me. He's like, Hey, I said, I'm not going to sell, but I do want you to manage my, my five houses. And uh, I'm like, okay, that was a big change. And and uh, he's, he's like, yeah, I went to the ER after we met. And uh, he uh, ended up getting pancreatic cancer. Wow. Yeah. But his two daughters don't have to worry now because of those rental properties. We, we manage those still. Wow. wow. I mean, that that is impact. Yeah. That is impact beyond even one I went generation. to his hospital room and we signed docs there when the doctor came in. And the doctor's like, hey, do you want this guy to leave? He's not, he doesn't have your last name. He's like, no, he's, he can be here. And so I, I, I got to hear the bad stories about, about that. But uh, we work really hard for his daughters. Yeah. <laughs> That, that gets you up and motivated to get, to get out. Well, Kyle, as you're, as you're telling your whole story and you're talking about your team, you're talking about the passion that you have. I know that there are listeners out there that want to connect with you that, well, if y'all got a property in where, where do you operate? <laughs> well, we're state of Texas. So I like to stick to markets that are over 50,000. Our home base is in North Texas, but we manage in Houston, San Antonio, Austin, you name it. But uh, we, we like to stick in markets that are over 50,000. College station. Yeah. College station. You know, we don't have one down here. Here right now. I've got a, I mean, we, we, we own some small towns, it seems like, but we don't have College Station yet. So. Well, how can either property owners or someone that's interested mm-hmm. in real estate or an entrepreneur that just loves your passion, how can we get in touch with you? Sure. So, you know, obviously I've got a website, macawpropertymanagement.com. Email address, certainly reach out to me. I'm, I'm not ignoring you. I have a lot of emails that go to spam. So hit me twice if I don't respond, but it's Kyle, K-Y-L-E, just like the football stadium. My grandfather taught here. So Kyle, K-Y-L-E, at macawpm.com so for property management so macawpm.com awesome well thank you so much for right. for coming on and and can't wait to celebrate with you tonight at the I, i'm excited you know this is I mean, who, who would have thought when i was a kid here that i'd be back here you know at a&m in a different position and so twice 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 twice, <laughs> twice. Right. yeah yeah but uh it, it's amazing I'm, I'm very blessed and i just think what a&m has going on right now for entrepreneurs is it's 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 just not i mean i'm, I'm very impressed with what AM's doing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you. Well, how about that, Ags? I am so motivated by Kyle and, and really what he shared with us is just really, really awesome stuff. I know that I have a ton of takeaways here, Greg. What was your favorite takeaway? Well, the thing that really spoke to me, I, I love that this business started out as, as a side hustle or as, as yeah. a way for him to create some, some additional revenue through acquiring rental properties himself, but then saying, look, I I, I have the, the servant's heart and I know what's best for property owners. And I want to have a company and ma- a management company that has the owner's thoughts, dreams, hopes in, in forefront. And to be able to see how he grew that side hustle yeah. to the point that one, he was able to quit his day job. And, and he's really honest about how tough that is sometimes. But then two, to be able to be at a point to grow and hire people, to, to be at an Aggie job fair and have 
have interns and to hire additional Aggies and be so willing to teach them the ropes to be an open book of his systems and their processes about what it takes to succeed. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, I know a lot of entrepreneurs have started a side hustle and grew it into a business, but Kyle did it. And Kyle is a two-time Aggie 100 winner at it. Yeah. So that was, I mean, that is super motivational to me. What about you? Well, absolutely. I, and I agree with that. You know, I really loved how, you know, when he was talking about how he's, he's helping people, you know, to get into a home, you know, that, that don't have that access and don't understand how to do that. Right. I thought that was pretty cool. But my biggest takeaway really is, you know, when he talked about, you know, to pay attention, right, to where your information is coming from. Okay. And, and, and really take, you know, do, do some due diligence there. But really what the big part of that, what he talked about was to pay attention to the people who've been there and done that, right? Pay attention to those people and, and get your information from those people, not from people who have never done what you're trying to accomplish. You know, I think that that is super, super important. And one thing that I have incorporated into my life in the past five years is really, you know, really getting mentorship from people who have been there and done that and where I want to be as not only an individual, but also, also as a business owner and where I want my business to be, you know? So I think that's super important to do. I mean, if you've ever read, you know, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, you know, I mean, he talks about how, how you, you should really be doing that anyways and, and have your group of people that are, you know, who, who will make you better as a person. Okay. So anyways, that's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. I mean, remember back in season five, when we were talking with uh, Dr. Chris Taylor and, mm -hmm. and his, his bit of advice was invest in yourself, whether yeah. that's through learning or mentorship or whatever it is, hundred uh, percent agree with you on that. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this episode of Aki Growth Hacks. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed getting to meet Kyle. If you're not connected with Kyle, make sure that you reach out to him on Facebook, LinkedIn, or just get, give him a call. I mean, check check out his website. And if you've got some property that needs to be managed, I mean, hey, we, working with other ags is always always amazing. When you're on the web, make sure that you check out aggiegrowthhacks.com where you can hear this episode as well as check out some of our other great content. But also, if you could do us a huge favor, like and share this on whatever podcast app you're on right now, that will help us get this message and Aggie entrepreneurship out to more people. We would appreciate that so much. We want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a entrepreneur, head on over to their website to find a program that's right for you. Just go to aggiegrowthhacks.com forward slash McFerrin right now. Well, Ags, join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Till then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig em. Whoop.